do is do that one and we'll be ready. We're in Derek Hashem, the way of God. I'll wait till we get on live here. Yes, perfect. Just bring it over just a tad bit this way. No, no, no. To turn it, turn it. No, no, no. To turn it the other way. There you go. You're an amazing person. I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> okay, we're in Derek Hashem. We're going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, not because I couldn't continue on for another month, but we need to wrap it up because I'm excited about getting getting into. Um, um, either another book or some other subject matter you guys are interested in. So be kind of thinking about what you would like to do, and we'll, we'll tackle that when the time comes. So it'll be interesting. Uh, tonight we're going to be covering prayer, covering the order of the day, talking about uh, what happens during the day of, uh, in, in your devotion to Hashem. And then we're going to wrap it up at the end on periodic observances. Uh, which, well, actually, there's seasonal commandments as well. So we'll be able to wrap all this up, I think, in one class. Uh, in prayer, now, we're going to be addressing, obviously, the, the, the main focus about prayer, and that is the, the, the periods of time in which we're appointed to pray. But I would be remiss not to mention that uh, what the power of personal prayer hits by the dude is in our life especially for the righteous non-jew uh, your secret connection is your heart connection to the creator and how you communicate and stand out in the field in your private time and you really just pour your heart out to Hashem. one of the conditions ordained by the highest wisdom which is Hakadosh Baruch Hu, our blessed our God, uh, was that in order for a person to receive sustenance in life and from God, he or she must first motivate himself in God's direction and turn to God to request his needs. Now, the amount of sustenance depends upon the degree to which he does so. If a person is not awakened in this, in this direction, then no divine sustenance will reach him at all. This is the significance of prayer. So, we're going to find out that God gives us two very beautiful, um, uh, creative things in our life. One is called gray matter, called the cranium, and the other one is called prayer, soul matter, your your Neshama. We should all, God willing, have the wisdom to do the right thing at the right time just because it's the proper, logical thing to do. He gives you that. Uh, at the same time, we cannot negate the power of approaching God and making requests known to Him. Now, do we get every prayer that we answer, ask, answered? Of course not. But can we expect the result of our prayer to be a positive thing? Yes. Meaning that at some point in my approach to God, even if I don't receive the answer that I wanted, I know there is a positive effect. It's a cause and effect. Prayer, there's no such thing as having a negative effect to prayer. You connect to Hashem. God's desire and wills to constantly benefit man mankind. That means that God desires to benefit you. I love to tell people whenever we're talking, we're emailing back and forth, and I say something like this. 
Remember, God has your better interest in mind. You put your trust in Him and make wise decisions according to what the Word of God says. You're going to be fine. You don't have to worry about it. He has your better interest in mind. He wants to actually do something for you. So as we're sitting here tonight, you're thinking, okay, I can choose my entire life to never communicate with God. And through my own personal wisdom and mental capacity and logic, I can do pretty good for myself. If I'm pretty smart and if I use logic, I can do pretty good for myself. There are plenty of people who's never talked to God a day in their life. Maybe unless they stump their toe or something, but they just never communicate with God. And they seem to succeed pretty well. But there are other people who don't have that capacity. If that was the case, everybody would be a multimillionaire. Right? Everybody would be a superstar. So what is the difference? Meaning that each one of us have to reach our maximum capacity. And we've heard this all the time in modern psychology that we only use a portion of our brain, right? Our capabilities of our brain. I would think the same exists with our soul, with our neshama, our spiritual life. They were only using just a tiny portion. And generally, the portion that we're using is what we can to get by, what we can do to sort of sustain ourselves. He says this, uh, Through this day of daily obligation and prayers, through it man receives sustenance, success, and blessing according to his needs as dictated by his state of being in this world. Paragraph 2. To understand this on a deeper level, however, we must realize that God gave man the intelligence to function in this world as well as the responsibility of caring for all, uh, all his own needs. We could talk about, and it's funny because... Sometimes Facebook can be a little annoying. You know what I'm talking about? And the, the, the famous one is, ugh. You know, ugh, I had this cold today. Everybody pray for me. <laughs> right? Now, now, look, there's nothing wrong with having a cold and praying, okay, that I feel better. But in reality, go take some NyQuil, get you some rest, and you'll be okay. Right? You don't need to tell everybody. Having more people pray for you is probably not as good as you taking time to pray for yourself. One of the things that I think it was Horatio, uh, Sebastian and I were talking, that in our previous life, we spent our entire existence looking at the world as if it needs to be fixed. And if the world fixed itself, I would be, gr- I would be doing good. The difference coming to Torah is, is that you look at yourself and you go, it's not the world that needs to be fixed, it's me that needs to be fixed. If I fix me, then the whole world will be in its own perspective. And I said, I use this illustration. It'd be like me having a full-length mirror of, of, I don't know, some, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, whomever. A full-length photograph, and I stand up in front of it, and I wiggle my tie and go, man, I'm looking good. Right? Because what happens, there's a lot of people in the world, they are looking at the world as if the world needs to do something to make my life better. Everybody on my job, if they would do this better, I would be better. If everybody at, you know, in my career choice would do a certain thing, I could do this. No, it's not about that. It's about God's giving you the ability to sustain yourself, either through your logic and your, your gray matter and through prayer. And 
And diligence, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so to understand this on a deeper level, we must realize that God gave man the intelligence to function in this own world as well as the responsibility of caring for his own needs. The concept in turn is founded on two principles. The first one, it, the significance and most important to man itself insofar that as he is given the intellect and knowledge to be able to properly care for himself. So first and foremost, the most important thing. God gave you the brains to take care of yourself. There are a lot of hopeless people, helpless people out there. But I wonder sometimes if it hasn't come out of a vacuum in which they didn't have imparted to them by parents or whomever to say, you know, you're capable of doing this yourself. You, you, you can do this. You can succeed at this. The second, this concept's founded, the uh, second thing is, the principle is based on the fact that man must be involved in the world and bound to various aspects. This stems from the fact that man must maintain in his physical human state as discussed earlier. Although this is a worldly rather than a holy path, it is what man needs during this period of his existence, according to the general order. In one respect, the in this indeed implies the degradation for man and his essence. It is a lowering, however, that is required for his ultimate elevation as discussed in the first section. Although it is necessary that man be lowered to some degree in this manner, it was, to, uh, also, was also an imperative that he did not lower too much. The more he would become entangled in the worldly affairs, the more he would darken himself in spirituality and divorce himself from the highest level. Why is prayer important? Because it keeps us from lowering ourselves to a more debased level. Um, and also gives a percept to keep us in a perception that God has rather than right. uh, the physical uh, right. perception. And it's easier that way if you have God's perception. Right. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, yes, go ahead. Also, I believe what we have on this earth that's most precious to a lot of us is time. Right. How we choose to spend that mm -hmm. is is important. When we sacrifice, because we do sacrifice the time, because there's so many other things to right. do, so many other things that have to get done. But when we make time for Hashem, we're sacrificing right. with the Enkalanam mm -hmm. to connect right. to Him. And each and every time, whether it's a minute, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it's, it's a sacrifice. Right. Because you can never get that time back. No. No, absolutely. Rav Avraham said uh, w Saturday night in our uh, wisdom class that uh, there, God's not bound by time. Uh, he's, and I, as I've said before, now is the eternal now. Like you and I are actually within eternity right now. It's just we have this illusion of time because of sunsets and sunrises and rotation of the earth, but we are in eternity right now. And until we can cement within our mentality, our spirit, that whatever we do right this second has everything to do with how eternity is affected. And that there's no, there's no past, there's no future. It's now. Everything is right now. And as he said before, and it was when you really think about it, you realize that creation is now. The world to come is now. The problem is, is most people spend their entire life waiting, and they say this famous phrase, 
one day I'll. What? Why one day I'll? Why not now? I'll do this. Find what you're supposed to do now. Quit trying to figure out one day I'll. Work toward, God gave you the ability to do it. So think about what can I do now to achieve what I need to do. Now that goes within the physical sense and prosperity, etc. But how about spiritually? I, I, I say this quite often to individuals who are on this personal journey uh, that feel like I've got to convert. Remember me talking about this before class? I have to convert it. I'm not really serving Hashem until I fully convert and become a Jew. And I, I, I tell them, what what kind of chuk, uh, what a chutzpah is that, that you would tell the creator of the universe that I can't serve you until I become a Jew? When God never put that mandate on you. And for, do I? Avram never said that. He just served Hashem. And what I liked about, about this is that uh, Hashem says, well, you've done all my Torah that I've given you. You've done everything. He didn't sit and wait around asking Hashem to show him what to do next. Well, you tell me what to do next. Do it. And that is the whole thing. I, I, what, how's that Nike commercial? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Serve Hashem. Just do it. So the idea is that, yeah, sure, we have to sometimes get to, and as Ramchal is saying, sometimes we have to be lowered in this world and recognize the heaviness of this world before we can begin to seek to elevate ourselves and bring ourselves up to a higher level. It says, God therefore prepared a remedy for this, the remedy of one darkening themselves and becoming in a very dark place. I, just for a second, without anybody saying anything, I want you to think about what it was like before you knew Torah. What a confusing world that was. And I wouldn't say completely dark, because many of us were on a journey already to, you know, love Hashem and to love our neighbor and to do the right thing. But it was a confusing world in which we didn't know what end was up, right? You get Torah. God has a remedy for this. He says that God therefore prepared a remedy for this. And this is what man should initiate all worldly endeavors by first bringing himself close to God. Bring yourself close to God and petitioning him for all his worldly needs. He thus cast his burden on God. God knows what you need. Take time to tell him. And then say, okay, this is your this is your problem. You have to figure it out. I'm just sitting here and I'm going to do what I can because you give me the brains to know what I should do. All right? And for example, if I if I don't have food on the table and I can't pay my bills, sure I want to pray. But do you think I'm going to wait until somebody brings me groceries or am I going to go out and try to hustle? Find a way to make some money, right? Go out and do contract killing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, find out something to do to make a little extra money. And you know what? God gave you that ability, and all you have to do is step out and make the decision. You know what? I need to make money. God's never said that I shouldn't make a lot of money. That's my ability, and that's what I can do. At the same time, I've known a lot of people almost go on skid row waiting on God to do something for them that he was thinking, he was saying, Use your brain. Use your brain. Or how about we've heard of people having a disease and they're just waiting on God to heal them. 
right? Well, look, go to the doctor, do what you can do, keep trusting God, and if he wants you healed, you're going to be healed. That's it. That's it. You're going to be healed. It says, among God's act of love, this is uh, paragraph three, uh, was the opportunity that he gave man to approach him even in this world. Even though man is immersed in darkness and far from the light of his natural, in his natural physical state, he is still permitted to stand before God and call him by his name. Wow. Now think about this. I saw this the other day. I thought it was so good. God created the stars, the heavens, the earth, the universe, separated all the planets, put them in orbit, precision orbit. He did all of that. You look at the great uh, purple mountains majesty and the, the fields of grain in the west. And you look at all this and think, wait, God chose me to actually be a part of this. And with all the beauty around us, he's picked imperfect me to be a part of. He has to have a plan. He has to know what he's doing. So he gave us, out of all the creation, he gave us the ability to connect to a show. No. And participate. And to participate, exactly. Some would say, think about this. Remember Ramchal in several chapters, chapters before he said, everything in creation has its purpose? Rocks, trees, whatever. Everything has its purpose. And in doing its purpose, it's serving Hashem. Does that make sense? Right? So I, I don't need to be like a rock. I don't need to be like a lion. I don't need to be like Paul. I need to be me. Right? I have a purpose. It's my goal to find my purpose. At the same time, a tree is serving the Creator. No. You know, some would say, well, he doesn't have a choice. He's doing exactly what he was made. Well, hold on a second. If that's the case, why not, if I've been given the opportunity to connect to Hashem, then that means I have no other choice. If I just connect to Hashem, Hashem will give me the ability to do what I'm supposed to do. My purpose is to do what? Be smart in this world, be prosperous, do everything I can to succeed in the world and affect the people around me and connect to the Creator. That's my whole goal. He says, um, this is the reason for the strict rule prohibiting any interruption whatsoever during the Amidah, which is the paradigm of prayer. This is because the very, at the very high degree of closeness to God that one places him at such a time. This is also the reason why it is ordained to take leave at the end of the Amidah to take three steps back or three steps uh, uh, backwards. Uh, after that, these steps represent the man's return to the normal state where he must remain at all other times. It says, the sages also taught us a number of specific conditions that must accompany prayer in order to make it complete. These all relate to the closeness to God that one experiences during the Amidah, as well as the various influences that are transmitted through it. Taking it to an account, they ordain the virtuous blessings of the Amidah as well as all the laws and the rituals. Last paragraph in this section, it says, Everything that was discussed with regard to Shema and Amidah pertains to the intrinsic nature of these observances. The prophets and sages who have composed the Amidah, however, also included an appropriate order, giving it the ability to make up for the sacrificial system that is now lacking. So we've learned, and we are going to go into this section, where our to go into this system. That's why the morning, afternoon, and evening prayer. Uh, we're not giving those explicit instructions outside of
uh, uh, oral tradition. Now, I want to uh, I want to quickly go through the order of the day. Now, what what is the concept of the order of the day? Think about it. If you when someone says the order of the day, when it has to do with prayer, what would that be to you? What is the order? Structure, hmm? Structure of the day. Right. So you get up in the morning, you wash your hands. Why do we wash our hands? Anybody know? Why do we wash our hands? We wash our hands because in the nighttime, it is from the time of about, uh, I don't know, two or three o'clock in the morning forward is the time in which uh, darkness is sort of allowed to to go, run free. Uh, David Amelik talks about in, in Psalm 104, 30, uh, 20 through 30, uh, 23, he says, You made darkness and it's night and all the beasts of the forest creep forth. The sun rises, they slink away, then man goes for work and to his labor until evening. So the idea is that when we sleep at night, and, and we all know we have these uh, nocturnal dreams and visions. Some can be pure. Uh, if you if you are uh, uh, experience some very difficult, maybe a combat veteran, you have the most violent of your visions and dreams at night. And so when you get up in the morning, you don't want to carry that with you through the day. And this is why washing your hands is so important. They say, well, you know, what's the skeptic would go, well, how's washing your hands have anything with, with cleansing your mind and soul? It's the process in which you are saying, creator of the universe, this morning I get up and I recognize that in those dark hours, no telling what I was exposed to subconsciously in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I am here going to fill this cup and I'm going to say this blessing that declares to have clean hands, to have clean hands, meaning that this morning the first priority is to declare that I am clean before you, that I want to be a clean human being. I want to be a person without negative inclination. I want to be a person with purity of heart and without judgment toward others, without thinking lustful thoughts or murderous thoughts or gossiping. And it's in that process that we begin our, our order of the day. And we say the Shema, and we declare God's unity in the world, and that His oneness in the world. And then we understand that um, these, uh, what do you call it, the forces that God empowers us to participate in, we begin to order our day. One of the things that we learned from Rabbi Weiss, I don't know if you remember this, when he said, there is no part of a Jew's life that's not ordered by the Creator. From the time you get up, you wash in your hands, you go to the restroom, whatever it may be, every piece of candy, every every piece of food, everything is you say a bracha, a blessing over. That's what we call ordering the day. It says, the highest wisdom, this is in paragraph three, the highest wisdom prepared for procedure for a man whereby each morning he can strive to elevate himself from the lowest night time state and illuminate his spiritual darkness. All of this includes included in the regulations that are ordained both in this world and indeed when man awakes up in the morning. We talked about the washing of the hands. Next is the dawning of tzitzit for the man. The dawning of the tzitzit is, a, is, the, is the fringes that hang on the four-corner garment. Very important. Why? Because man is a, uh, what do you call it, a visual thing. Men have to be reminded because we're a little thick uh, of a visual reminder of the, our obligation to the Creator. And this, this four-cornered garment 
and tefillin uh, together with prayer completes our daily service. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more about it in a minute. The significance of tzitzit stem from the fact that God desires that Israel be sanctified through everything associated with them. Everything. We talked about this, and we've said it over and over. If you think that uh, being in a sanctified place is the synagogue or the stu- study center, <laughs> you're all wrong, right? Where is the sanctified place? Wherever we're at, right? Wherever you're at, wherever I'm at, that's the sanctified place. That's the beauty of this, this whole thing. It's, it's, it, it can be out in the woods hunting. It can be in your home. It can be in a quiet space. Where you are is the sanctified space. Um, it says, man was given the task of rectifying all creation, as discussed in the first section, in maintaining all things in the state desired by God and man. is serve, Man is serving God and doing his work. This is accomplished through man's action based on the Torah and the commandments. So, with the order of the day, our day is ordered not only in our prayer and donning t- uh, 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 the tzitzit, the tefillin, all of these become physical signs of our commitment and covenant to the creator of the universe, to including blessing our food, etc., etc. Um, the, uh, we all understand that the prayers are divided. Uh, for example, the morning prayers are divided into four general sections. And these general sections are very important to kind of comprehend and understand. Miss Betty does a great job in talking about prayer. Uh, and if people are wanting to get more information on it, she'd be more than glad to share that with you. Uh, I want to go to, um, let's skip over to, what is periodic observances? What's the word periodic mean? Time to time. So can you give me some examples of periodic observances? Wednesday at 7. Wednesday, yes, okay. So what about observances, like Torah observances? Sabbath. What else? How about when uh, you make the challah and you break off the piece? It's an observance, right? Uh, based on the idea of Shabbos is related to the fact which has mentioned earlier, namely, for the sake of the purpose of creation, most of what is found in the world is mundane and not holy. On the other hand, it is deemed necessary that creation, uh, creation creations also be given some holiness so that the world's spiritual darkness does not overwhelm them. These matters in their appropriate measure are dedicated by the highest wisdom with absolute precision on how much of the dark is mundane, would be necessary for creation. This is why it's really important using Sabbath as the example. We talked about how the creator of the universe for six days labored and brought about creation, and he didn't need to rest. It wasn't like he was tired. But what did he do? He paused his veiling. He paused the, the, the uh, hiding of himself through creation to stop so that he could reveal himself. And that is what periodic observance is all about. It's about finding those periodic times in which uh, there are observances that we do that are specific to, to keep the darkness back. Why Sabbath is so important? It keeps darkness back every week. It's a very important thing to understand. Let's go to now this last section called seasonal commandments. When we think of seasonal commandments, what are those? 
Hanukkah, Yom Kippur, Passover, Pesach, Sukkot. These are the these are the main ones, and then of course we have some other ones that are Hanukkah and uh, Purim that are added on top of that. Say again, Simchat Torah. Correct. So these are. Sim-